Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's officially been summer going on two months now, but almost 10,000 people packed the lower bowl of Edmonton's Rogers Place this past week for an international hockey tournament featuring a bounty of 17-year-old top prospects. The Holinka Gretzky Cup, under a variety of names including the Air Canada Pacific Cup, the Nations Cup, and the Ivan Holinka Memorial Tournament, is a major preseason showcase of under-18 prospects. It was renamed Helenka Gretzky heading into this year's version in Edmonton and Red Deer, held at Rogers Place in downtown Edmonton, and the new 1,360-seat service arena in Red Deer. A big question surrounding the tournament was whether fans would turn up in the middle of summer for hockey. The answer is yes and no. The Canadian squad drew the biggest crowds, predictably, including the 10,000 for the gold medal game versus Sweden and 8,000 for their first game on a holiday Monday against Switzerland. But mid-afternoon games at the home of the Evanston Oilers saw crowds in the mere hundreds. Can such a hockey showcase have a long-term home in a place like Edmonton, which will host the tournament again in 2020? I'm Craig Ellingson. I talked to Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun hockey writer Jim Matheson about this and about the Edmonton Oilers, who have yet to resign restricted free agent defenseman Darnell Nurse to a new contract, and what the holdup could be. We also chat about what the NHL could look like if, really when, Seattle is granted an NHL expansion franchise, say by 2020 or 2021. There are already eight teams in the NHL's Pacific Division, which shares the Western Conference with the 17th Central Division. How will a Seattle club fit in the divisional puzzle? This is the Oil Spills Podcast for August 14th, 2018. What was the hockey like at the Holinka Gretzky Cup? Better than I thought. You know, I don't go watch a lot of 17-year-old hockey players play. I don't cover the Western Hockey League. I go to some of the games, but don't cover it. Um, a, a great primer for next year's draft, the 2019 draft. And often you go to the draft, and these are just names that the people who watch and 
the scouts talk about all year because that's their job go and watch these whether you're dylan cousins or kirby doc or you know um Alexis Lafreniere will be in the draft in 2020. They're just names to us, unless you happen to cover that league, the Q or the Dub or whatever. But yeah, the caliber of play was excellent. Uh, some of the teams were totally overmatched, like the Swiss. They didn't have, you know, they looked like a bantam team. A lot of their players were awful small and were overmatched, but for the most part, probably 20 first round draft choices played in the tournament would have been 26 27 if the americans had sent their uh development under 18 team that's based in ann arbor michigan uh with the probable number one choice jack hughes but they sent their b team u.s b team um but oh you know the right team if you're a canadian fan the right team won but they win every year canada so uh but they got 10,000 people for the final game, which is the be- best crowd they've had all week. So, terrific. This tournament, uh, of course, it comes from uh, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, where it's been held for years. Uh, and this is the first time over here. How important is this tournament? Uh, it's, it's big for scouting, uh, for scouting purposes. Like, you know, it was every scout there, every general manager in the National Hockey League, et cetera. Were th- obviously, they're... they're well, there, I don't guys. think every team had like eight scouts there, but most of the teams, I'm sure, I didn't see all the general managers, but I would suspect that every team had the general manager there. The tournament's in Canada, um, and the chief scout for the team was there. So it's a, a good primer for them. Um, the thing about it is it's still only, you know, August, you know, 10 months before the draft. A lot can happen between... August of 2018 and June of 2019 in terms of what you saw uh, in the Helenka Gretzky tournament and, and what happens at the draft. But, you know, having it for the first time since 96 in Canada, uh, you really need to educate the fans as to what it is. I think the fans over in Czech Republic and Slovakia know what it is because it's, you know, it's been the Ivan Helenka Memorial Tournament for about 15 years until you know not 15 10 years anyway until Wayne Gretzky his name was added to the cup uh but they play in much smaller buildings over there it's they're interested in the players that are in the NHL and are going to be uh in the in their pro leagues not the not the 17 year old hockey players they don't draw all that well um this is the first try in an NHL rink I think the NHL rink was too big it's nice to say these kids are playing an NHL rink but they couldn't sell out the lower bowl at, at uh, Rogers Place, and that seats about 9,800. 9, so for a lot of the games, only one side was was open. Uh, and, you know, so you're counting on 4,500. So it was too big. Do you think Edmonton's the right venue for this o- over time? I mean, this is only the first, first uh, time. Well, it, as long as Oiler Entertainment Group wants to have it, I think it's the right venue. I think... Ticket prices were too high. Uh, if a father wanted to take his two kids, the prices were too high. I think the ticket should have been more in the $15 range, not $25 and $35. And then in the finals, $44.50 and $49.50, which seems ridiculous to me. But they did get 10,000 people there, so I guess it's not too ridiculous to the 10,000 people who went. But that's pretty high to watch 17-year-old hockey players. 
So we saw you know, prospects likely to be taken in the in the first round, or actually the entire draft next year. Um, what were the who were the who were the, uh, the the players that stood out for you? Well, let's start with Canada. Well, they got about ten players that'll be go- going in the first round from you know top five all the way down to thirty one. There'll be probably ten players in there. Uh, I thought Alexis Lafreniere was the best Canadian player, but he's not eligible to draft for till June of two thousand and twenty because he's only sixteen. But uh, but he was the captain of the team. If he was in this upcoming draft, he'd probably go second to Jack Hughes from the uh, United States. He was a tremendous player, two-way player. Um, scored a goal where he just took the puck from his end of the ice all the way up the ice, shrugged off checkers, and then calmly put it in the net like a uh, all-star in the NHL would do. Um, I thought Dylan Cousins showed why he could be a top five player. Great size, great skating ability, can shoot, um, knows his end of the ice. Uh, he didn't disappoint me. Kirby Dock from from uh, Fort Saskatchewan, the Saskatoon Blades player, was very, very good. I don't know what kind of hands he's got as a shooter because last year he had seven goals and 39 assists for his first WHL season in uh, Saskatoon. Um, but that sounds like Ryan Getzlaff to me where at the end of the year Getzlaff has 20 goals and 50 assists. But a uh, very good player. Uh Boom, boom, uh, Byram on defense uh, looks like a top ten player. Kind of uh, reminds some scouts of Brent Seabrook. He was excellent. But then they've got, you know, Ryan Suzuki will be a first round pick. Peyton Krebs will be a first round pick. Um, uh, Josh Williams, who plays in Medicine Hat, a really good shooter, will be a first round pick. Matthew Robertson of the Oil Kings, a defenseman, will be a first round pick. A couple of their other defensemen might be later first round picks. Uh, Sasha Matula got two goals uh, in the last game. Plays in Tri City for new uh, coach Kelly Buckberger. Looks like a first round pick. So Canada was loaded. Uh, this looks like one of those years where the cycle was terrible last year for Canadian players in the f- first round of the draft. Uh, this year there's going to be a whole bundle, and most of them are going to come from the West. Uh, other teams, uh, the Russian player uh, Pud Colson was tremendous, outstanding one-on-one player. Uh, went, scored two goals, went, split the defense against uh, Sweden and U.S., scored highlight reel goals. He's a very, very good player. Um, Swedes have an excellent defenseman, Philip Broberg. He'll be a top-10 player, uh, separates himself from checkers. Um, all in all, probably 20 first-round draft choices in this tournament. And when, you know... That's pretty impressive. And the caliber from talking to Craig Button is, is the pool of players will be could be as deep as it was in 2003, which was the best draft certainly in the last 20 years when uh, pretty much everybody in that first round made the team. And I saw that uh, you, know, you tweeted out that one NHL GM we talked to said no one's trading their first round picks for next year. No one's trading them. Somebody will. Uh, somebody will. Uh, I wouldn't be trading that first round pick, even if, like, I mean, I, let's let's talk about the Oilers per se. If the Oilers think they've got a shot at Dylan Cousins or or Kirby Doc or or the defenseman Byram, they've missed the playoffs. They're in the lottery. 
I don't know if the general manager will have a job if, if they miss the lottery uh, or miss the playoffs and are in the lottery. But they could get a very good player at 20 if they make the playoffs. At, you know, Maybe they get this Josh Williams who played in Medicine Hat and is a real good shooter. And the Oilers could use that on the wing, a good shooter. Um, so, um, yeah, it's the caliber of, of play was tremendous. And the Oilers certainly... If you're looking for offensive defensemen, there were some in this in this pool of, and if you're looking for goal scorers, there were goal scorers too, and they could use uh, both. So with Edmonton hosting, you know, the Holinka Gretzky Cup next year goes back to the Czech Republic and the Slo- Slovakia, then it's back here in Edmonton in 2020. Uh, the talk is the Oilers will probably host an NHL draft here by in the next what, th- two, three, four years. And they should. I mean, they've got a. That's been their goal since they got the new building. They want the whole ice district up and running and not construction all over the place. I think the fan would much rather see a an uh, draft because they're hockey fans in the summer than see the All Star game, which doesn't do much for a Canadian fan because the caliber of game and such. You know, they're not trying to sell a game in Canada, so they'd rather see the draft and. It's only been in Edmonton once, and they got the draft because Winnipeg moved to Arizona and didn't have a team anymore. And Edmonton stepped in at the last uh, moment, and that was the draft that the fans were screaming for the orders to take Shane Doan, and uh, they took Steve Kelly with their pick. So uh, we'll always remember that draft. And the draft uh, in Canada is always a big deal. I mean, we all know it used to be held in Montreal every year. And... Uh, it's been held more often in Florida than it's been held in Edmonton. Um, Ottawa, too. I think Ottawa's had two, you know, one during the lockout in the hotel and another one later. So Edmonton would be great. Yeah, I, That's another thing about a tournament. Can a hockey tournament in August really draw hockey fans? I don't know. It's it, it a tough time at Helenka when it was 30 degrees outside getting people going and well, how many people would be at, at the, say, the, you know, the Switzerland-Slovakia oh. game in the mid-afternoon? A uh, few hundred people? Yeah, a couple hundred. Yeah, it looks awfully uh, awfully empty. Well, it Rogers looks empty place. at Rogers Place when they don't open the one side of the lower bowl. They only got one side open. You know, and that other whole side and the lower bowl is closed. It looks... Edmonton, the tournament belongs in a 10,000-seat rink not an 18,000 seat rink because it's only 17 year olds this isn't the world junior at Christmas where they like playing it in NHL rinks because uh, you know it's a big deal and these are players that have already been drafted and, and uh, you know it's a uh, it's in the middle of the hockey it, season it's in the middle too. of the hockey season as opposed to August yeah I mean they did grow the world junior tournament from you know it being held in smaller venues to what it is now never you know once upon a time we weren't putting the world the world junior tournament in AHL arenas, that's for sure. And you know, it wasn't in Canada every second. Well, we'll year. see how the Helenki is next summer when it's back in in Slovakia in the Czech Republic in the dead of August, and in little wee rinks over there. We'll see if we care. You know, cared because it was in Canada <laughs> this time around, and TSN did all the games. Yeah, and they're going to be broadcasting the games yeah. again next year, yeah. and that might... But the time difference is, is a little different, too. True. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm amazed, actually, they had as rate, the ratings as good as they did this year to watch 17-year-old hockey players. 
that nobody knew anything about because they haven't been drafted by your team yet. So, but uh, and maybe we just caught lightning in a bottle, and there's so many good players in this tournament, and the draft next year is going to be so deep that you're going to look back ten years from now and say, "Oh man, that that tournament had so many good players in it," and future. Alenka Gretzky's won't have anywhere near the overall caliber of player. On the Oilers fronts, I mean, the biggest thing sticking out is it's been sticking out since for the last month or more since the end of the season is Dar- Darnell Nurson signing him to a new contract. Um, when do you think we can expect to see a deal done? Uh, I guess the the there's no rush for the Oilers. Uh, the player ha- would get some urgency as it gets closer to camp because I think if you missed any of training camp, you're behind the eight ball. Uh, I think more buttons might get pushed first of September if nothing's done. Said, okay, let's get this thing done. And I'm sure they're only talking about you know two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar difference. You know, Darnell's camp probably is looking for more than three million a year, and the Oilers would much rather give him two point seven five or something like that. And the Oilers would like to sign him to two year bridge contract. The player might just only want one. Because then, if he signs for one, then he's he can have arbitration rights next year. Uh, so that's the holdup. I, it's not the only re- restricted free agent that hasn't signed yet. You know, Buffalo hasn't signed Sam Reinhart yet. There's other teams haven't signed their guys uh, because there's no. You know, it's not the end all and be all if you don't sign your restricted guys. They know that the player can't go anywhere. Where's he going to go? And. You know, the player gets a little anxious as it gets closer to training camp, and I think the owners are kind of counting on that in terms of Darnell Nurse. But they need him for sure. Last year he played more than 20 minutes a game, and we'll see if he's a you know, top you know, four defenseman. Um, they're not sold on the five-, six-year contract yet, I don't think, and they don't have the money to give him five or six years anyway. So two-year bridge. What do you think if the owners had the cap room? You know, would they sign Darnell Nurse to a long-term contract? You know, add add a bigger price tag. I think they, I think they would like to. Uh, I mean, certainly in the previous regime, they signed Hall, Eberle, and Nugent Hopkins long before they probably had to sign them to those six and seven-year contracts. Now you can sign a guy to an eight-year contract. Um, if they had the money, I I still don't know how much they think he's worth in terms of salary though they have very cost friendly contracts in in Larson and Clefbaum at 4.1 million would you give Darnell Nurse more than those two guys who've got more experience in terms of salary I don't think they want to yet I think they want to see one more year of Darnell or two where he's playing regular minutes before they suddenly give him a five or six year five million dollar a year contract so um, yeah I think their whole cap situation is such that 
Buffalo got Jeff Skinner, when Edmonton could use Jeff Skinner more than Buffalo could, I mean, Jeff Skinner would be a top six winger on the Edmonton Oilers, and they could use him in the worst way. And uh, certainly Carolina didn't get a whole lot from Buffalo for Jeff Skinner. You know, the thing I think about Clefbaum's contract, of course, he was signed by the previous regime as well, and that was a longer-term contract then. I suppose, you know, obviously it's a good deal now, but back, you know, when he signed, was it four years ago? That was a, you know, it was a pretty decent amount for a player. I, I think you'd have more question marks around Clefbaum than you do Nurse now. Yeah, uh, Because he's been hurt a lot, I think Oscar's a better player when healthy. Certainly offensively, he gives you more offense. Um, I think I, I sense that some agents don't want to get locked into eight-year contracts anymore because if the salary cap keeps coming going up, they don't want to get locked into like Dylan Larkin signed in in uh, Chicago in Detroit five-year contract six million, which I think is too much for Dylan Larkin because I don't know if he's a number one center, but only five years, not not eight. So I I think. In terms of the orders, they need some some cap relief before they they can sign players to long term contracts. And they got into this situation where you know they've got less than five million dollars to play with, and they don't have a fourteenth forward signed yet. And that fourteenth forward, they probably won't sign anybody until they invite some guys on pro tryouts, or they see what happens with other teams putting guys on waivers, and maybe they take somebody else for. Or eight fifty or something like that. You know, while we've got the crystal ball out today, because we've got talking a lot about the future and what's going to happen, Seattle's going to get a team in the NHL. They're going to get an expansion franchise. You know, who, what, what year that'll be? What 20, 2020, 2021, sometime around then. They'll be in the Pacific Division. With the with the addition of Vegas last year, we've got eight teams in. Logically, you need another team for the Central. So we have a 32-team league, four eight-team divisions. What does the NHL do? Who moves over to the Central, or do you realign divisions altogether? You could, I presume, move Edmonton and Calgary into the Central, because Winnipeg's in the Central, and just leave Vancouver in the the Pacific with the California teams and Seattle. Um, Yeah, but it it creates a thorny... problem it's not like before where you with Columbus and Detroit where where you know they were in division in conferences they didn't want to be in you know it, it works pretty well with Edmonton Calgary and Vancouver in the same division but that's a lot of teams in one division and then they'd be short of a team in the central division I don't I don't know if you could just move one team over I don't I don't or do you just do you go do go the NFL route and have four team divisions and have eight divisions? Eight divisions of four? Yeah. Well, I guess. Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, and Seattle could be a division. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. But well, that could be a division. Somebody, you, you, somebody's going to be a left out of those you, Southern California. I mean, the California teams, Phoenix and Vegas, they're all generally yeah. in the same yeah. geographic sphere. Yeah. I think that's where your where your handcuff comes in. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, um, they need another team in the in the West, you know. But you know, Edmonton, they're they're they've always been in the same division as Vancouver, say. 
suddenly they wouldn't be in the same division. That that, that doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, f- all those divisions of four, it'd be an awful lot of games you're playing against teams in the regular season. You know, four team division. Whether you know, only the top two teams make the divi- make the oh, playoffs in each division. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do math, I, and you know, sometimes know. math is hard. Sometimes math is hard. I know one thing: in the next expansion draft, um, teams are are making sure they don't have players with no move clauses, no trade clauses, if possible, in these contracts. So when it comes time to protect, you got to protect guys you don't want to protect. And for sure, they're not making any deals with Seattle like they did with Vegas to keep players. If Seattle wants one of their players, and you know he's your sixth best forward so be it they're not making a deal to keep him and and give up a draft pick or something too that that backfired on mr especially minnesota you know to keep dumba you know give up Halla and alex tuck which makes absolutely no sense now That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.